Welcome to episode 68 of the Book Wars Pod. I'm Kristen, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Kate and Chris, as always. And we are talking about the second uh, novella in Canto Bite today, which um, I don't remember what it's called. Oh, it's called The Wine and Dreams. I do remember what it's called. Um, but I just called I just called it wine, <laughs> <laughs> which like is explanatory i think Mm -hmm. oh yeah speaking of that it's um uh 9 15 p.m in denmark and it's fucking sleeting outside and it's disgusting Woo! i just walked from the train to home in the sleet and i was like why am i here um (laughs) (laughs) and then i remembered it's for work and it's great um (laughs) denmark kiki (laughs) Denmark Kiki, you guys are in your afternoon. We are. Right? Um, yes, I, it is. I am. We're yeah, what's it, like 4.15? Se- yeah, a little after 4. Um, I just, we're uh, severely bisecting nap time at this current moment. <laughs> I napped earlier. It's going to be fine. Okay, good. Yes, I'm very Thank happy. Thank God for that. I was really worried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also happy because I finally got my new computer, so now we don't sound like a trash can. Uh, hopefully we don't sound like a trash can. I did not bring my whole kind of rig to uh, Denmark, so I'm trying this new little travel mic. So hopefully it's okay. We're all just trying our best. <laughs> <laughs> so we are every day. Uh, uh, just so true. Um, what I'm having uh, some kind of green tea from uh, Little, which is like the the cheap grocery store here. AKA the absolutely 100% the grocery store Kate would go to if she was here. Oh, fuck yes. Um, (laughs) It's called Bio Organic Green Tea, which is uh, Did somebody poop out this tea? Oh my God. Uh, Probably. The tree did. I'm not not worried about it, but it's it's cheap as shit. And uh, it's pretty good, actually. Hey. So I'm having a green tea and I'm... I will be going to bed directly after this. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. Get yourself yep. all situated with your jet lag and your daylight savings one week early over there. Oh, and... my God. Fucking Christ. If, <laughs> if anybody knows why Denmark has daylight savings a week early, Den- well, day- daylight savings ending a week early, let me know because now I'm going to be a different amount of time different than everybody, but only for a week. And it's really... <laughs> upsetting also why do they i thought we were the only ones who were stupid enough to have daylight savings that's what i said i said i didn't even know we had daylight savings over here motherfucker <laughs> but what do i know daylight savings um, time is bad actually it is i low. know it's terrible oh isn't it on the ballot in california this year uh i think it is oh I, i've heard i heard it is i'm sure it will not go away in california because yeah. everyone hates us but well it doesn't exist it's not a, it i don't think they have daylight savings in arizona and maybe I hawaii don't. um i'm not sure about hawaii hawaii i feel like they can do whatever they want but arizona i know they don't have it yeah, um nice. what uh what are you guys drinking now that we've been talking about nothing <laughs> uh we are having a nice grenache 
which was brought to us as a gift by a friend of mine who stayed with us last week. He's not a friend of the pod. He definitely doesn't listen to the pod. He does not listen to the pod. <laughs> he can still be a friend of the pod and not listen to the pod. No, he Official can't. house guest of the pod? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, no. Miranda's <laughs> official house guest of the pod. Uh, that's a fair point. That's accurate. <laughs> Although she's gonna, she's about to be official roommate of the pod soon, so that's very exciting. Yay! <laughs> That'll be yeah, fun. Quinn got, Quinn got the keys today, I think. Oh, that's exciting. Um, I don't know which today, but... One, one of them. One of one them. Of the t- one yeah. of the today's. Either yours or mine. <laughs> yes. But uh, Miranda's moving out to Portland at the end of November, I believe. So, yay. Yeah, so hopefully some more cameos in. from Real Baby Bird. Mm-hmm. She's moving in with us. And by us, I mean me and Quinn. <laughs> so everyone pray for her. <laughs> and us, for that matter. Just uh, pr- lots of prayer. Prayers all around. Prayers up for your livers, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, tell me more about this Grenache. <laughs> yeah, Chris. I don't I didn't actually look at the name on the label. Hang on, either. I took a picture of it. Oh my gosh, Chris, you took a picture. Were you thinking of the Instagram for once in your life? Oh my god, look at oh our content. God. Hashtag content. Uh-huh. Um, it is uh called Le Paradou. It is a okay. twenty sixteen Grenache. And we have no idea where he got it from. We have no idea where he got it from. <laughs> it's pretty good. Is... It's pretty tasty, especially since it has a screw on top. That is you know, totally fair. Chris, I wasn't going to mention that, but then you had to mention it. Yeah, you had to well, mention it. You had to I mean, be real awkward about it. It's going to be on the Instagram. We're going to see one way or another. Oh, my God. He's not being awkward about it. I like it when a screw off top is mentioned because then I'm like, oh, my God, I don't need tools to open this other than my hand tools. <laughs> twist, Which are your twist. hands? Yep, that's right. I don't. I don't want the people to think that we're snotty with our wine choices. Like, no, sometimes good sometimes we need for fucking yeah, sure. Sometimes we need a, a, a wine opener, but sometimes we just have twists off. Chris, before's pod, they're just like you. Chris, you. That's they right. know. They know we're not fancy. I just dump beef theater in my tea all the time. I know. <laughs> I feel like Kate. Should, we, I feel, I shouldn't say Kate. I feel like one of us should <laughs> rename the Twitter to just like. Book Wars pod line, eat Kate's ass. I feel like it would just be very on brand, but that's fine. We don't need to do that. By the way, we have like a lot of Twitter followers. So like, thanks for Kate for the hustle. I like checked mm-hmm. that today and I was like, holy shit. When did we, yeah. when, when did people start following us on Twitter? I don't know. See, this is, I, 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 I trick people by drawing them in by like making our Twitter account mostly normal. And then they like turn on the pod and actually listen. They're like, fuck who are these people and why are they weird yeah our twitter account is always like cute pictures that chris posted the instagram and like hamlet and like good content and then they turn the podcast on and it's just like a fucking garbage fire yeah but <laughs> then they're trapped at that point i know yeah, they are trapped they, they love it mm-hmm um, speaking of us, speaking of us being a garbage fire, yes. uh, Kate wants to do a corrections corner. We, we do because we done fucked up. Um, so yeah, a very kind listener, uh, wrote in uh, to let us know that while we were discussing, um, aftermath life, aftermath life debt. Sorry. I like my, my Invisalign trays are really aggressive this week. So I'm super lispy. Um, so while we were discussing that book by Chuck Wendig, um, we were talking about uh, Elodie the Pirate, um, who is uh, gender nonconforming and uh, does not use 
um, binary pronouns. And uh, during that episode, we, by accident, um, referred to this character by she, her pronouns a few times. And I think also um, it sounds like what happened was that we were discussing um, during the interlude where uh, Elodie appears, uh, there is a ship that the pirate crew boards and Elodie take, is trying to, you know, recruit more pirates to her pirate band. Um, and one of the people who decides to join is a young girl. Um, and I think we were not precise about um, when we were referring about when we were talking about the girl versus Elodie. And so I think things got probably got mixed up and we really should have been a lot clearer about that when we were talking about it. So, um, mistakes were made. Precision was not great. And we are really sorry about that because it was disrespectful and we apologize to our listeners. And, um, we seriously, sincerely thank the person who wrote in, um, to let us know about this because it was not okay. And, um, you know, we are all like learning and we are trying to be better people and we really should have been more mindful and we weren't, and we're going to do better in the future because we're, not gonna forget about this so yeah yeah yep. thank you patriarchy's thank you, bad mm-hmm. wires your brain in bad, bad ways it takes a um, lifetime and- to rewire it so keep calling us out and we'll keep doing better yes. yes please if we yeah like seriously if we fuck up like this like please please seriously let us know because we would like to apologize and do better because oh god <laughs> yes. we did a bad thing that that said we recognize that is not anyone's job um yes. but if you do feel comfortable reaching out to us and letting us know we're fucking dummies um mm-hmm. we know that <laughs> so please yeah. feel free to call us that yep. um yeah and, honestly uh, you probably don't even need to explain yourself we'll probably just agree yep <laughs> yeah yeah we we uh know but we're we're all just uh t- trying to do our best make sure we're uh being as inclusive and making sure we're treating everybody the way that they should be treated um regardless of all the things so if you feel comfortable calling us out call us the fuck out and we really do appreciate it um but we know that google exists as well Mm -hmm. yeah we know we know that (laughs) don't worry we know that google is free so (laughs) and we will be Um, using that liberally yeah Uh, i think that was in episode 64 65 66 something like that that's like (laughs) the last three life debt chapters and i wouldn't be surprised if we sprinkled in some pirate talk throughout all three of those episodes very possible yeah because we love pirates um which is why we should pirates are bae which is why we should treat pirates better when they use non-binary pronouns (laughs) yes yes of course pirates generally all pirates Not Elodie Pir- does pirates not use they. Them. Yes, Elodie does not use they them pronouns. I mean pirates generally. Right pirates now. as the plural of pirate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Correct. So um, we're all sorry. Not so we're perfect. sorry. We're pieces of shit. Um, yep. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I meant perfect more as like a transitional. So now I'll say, speaking of us being idiots, who wants to talk about the book? <laughs> <laughs> This um, is about wine on sure, Cantabite. It sure is, which is why uh, Chris and I are being a little thematic with our drinks. So yeah. uh, the wine and dreams. That's very smart of you. <laughs> I wanted bourbon, but Kate said we should have wine. Yeah, I'm drinking fucking tea, so don't ask me. 
Yeah, cakes. God. Sorry. Um, I had a bunch no, of beer while I was out earlier watching fucking soccer. That's great. I, <laughs> As I, I do. I love it. Um, so The Wine Grooms is by Mira Grant, which is the pen name of... Um, I don't know how to say her actual name because it's quite Irish. Um, um, I don't remember what it's it like is. It's like Shauna McGuire. Yeah. Shauna I don't know. I think I'm, that's probably it. If I'm saying your name wrong, I'm really, really sorry, and I should probably know better because uh, she's actually quite an accomplished writer, and she's written like a million, billion things. Um, probably her most famous uh, series of books, as Mira Grant, is, um, are the Feed books, uh, mm-hmm. which are about zombies. Um, but we this will time, tweet her name. <laughs> Yes, I, Both I've been her tagging. pen name and her regular name. I have been doing that. So thank, thank you. Kate has been doing it. I've been asleep while Kate has been doing it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Kate. <laughs> no, it's cool. Um, but the story is uh, a little different from what we're kind of used to reading in terms of the writing style. Um, and so I think um, I, I, I personally wanted to talk about that first anyway because I'm a fucking nerd. Um, if y'all please do cake me. yeah c- kick us off and do some writing style stuff because this really is a very very interestingly written um, novella and it gives us a lot of stuff that we haven't seen in most of the um, most of the reading that we've done before on the bookmores pod mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so obviously every author has a voice and we've you know we've talked about that a lot a lot a lot on this podcast especially when we're talking about uh, Chuck Wendig's books uh, when we were talking about Last Shot by Daniel Jose Older um, you know they have very distinct voices um, certainly Claudia Gray I would say has a very distinct kind of writing voice uh, but this one is a little bit different in that um, it's a little more I want to say literary than um, you know what we're used to getting out of uh, the other Star Wars books that we've read. Um, and by literary, I mean, there's... I don't, I'm not saying that other people don't pay attention to how they use language, like, on a word and a sentence and a paragraph level as they're writing, because obviously all writers do. But um, there's something about this that, like, it's deliberate... Like, it's... It's, it's deliberately expansive it's chris called it flowery i think is the way you mm-hmm. described it to me it's it's that sort of thing um and just a quick related aside um you know i i'm one of those people who think that literary fiction which is probably you know the if you walk into any bookstore there's the fiction and literature shelf where all the you know contemporary um books are usually stocked some modern classics and things like that you know the the quote-unquote serious books um, are, are usually literary fiction. And then, you know, you've got the shelf in the back where all the sci-fi fantasy crap is. Um, literary, literary fiction, obviously, is like, it's a, it's, it's a genre. It's its own genre. Um, and it's really frustrating to me when um, people are talking about uh, literary fiction versus quote-unquote genre fiction, by which they mean, you know, sci-fi fantasy, they mean horror, they mean mystery, they mean romance. Um all these books that aren't taken seriously or like, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're not, they're like junk. People think they're junk food books. They don't think that they're actually like literature, which is obviously false because honestly, some of the most important writing, um, especially when it comes to diverse voices is coming out of science fiction and fantasy right now. Um, Indeed. That was Chris. That was the saddest air horn noise i've ever heard in my life i'm tired it's sunday yeah. afternoon i was that napping was like before a, 
It's okay. I think that was like more of a matter of fact. That was like a suck Kate stick air horn. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Everything about this got weird. <laughs> I'm cutting this out. No, you're not. Uh, no, I'm absolutely not. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, just saying that literary fiction is a, just another sort of um, genre. And uh, honestly, we're seeing a lot of, um, you know, cro- cross-genre work also emerging as we um, move past postmodernism. I don't really know what the fuck to call what we're, what, you know, writing is or literature or books or whatever the hell are doing right now. Um, there's a lot of cross-genre work and there's a lot of work in this space where, um, you know, um, literary, literary fiction writing sensibilities are being crossed with, um, you know, sci-fi tropes, like traditional, like, sci-fi, um, storylines and things like that, which is the space that I personally work in, so I am in love with this stuff. Um, so... Uh, as I just have been talking for like 15 minutes, um, how did y'all like general first impressions? How did you feel about the writing of this and what did you notice? Great question. Um, I'm going to plug another one of our things that is tangentially related to this, um, which is bonus episode five, which we did with Poppy Ashwright, um, wherein we talk about how people who don't take YA seriously are dumb bitches. Correct. Um, <laughs> but this is not exactly that, but it's also not not exactly that. Um for sure. So go go listen to that if you'd like to. I think that came out in like February, so it's old, but go do the thing, especially if you haven't listened to it yet and you're like, tell me more about why YA is a real thing and why everyone treats it like it's not a real thing. Mhm. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, it's interesting that you say that because I know that Mira Grant, Kate mentioned the Feed trilogy. I believe it's called the Feed trilogy. The book one of the trilogy is called Feed. Mm-hmm. Um, is and that is. I don't know if it's explicitly YA, but it's. It's it's one of those. I I want to say it's one of those series that that for whatever reason. It's kind of um, like in between. It's not even quite in between. It was kind of marketed towards YA, but it's not a YA book. Mm. You know. It's, that's interesting because i read it and i like it wasn't recommended to me as a ya book and it did read like ya um which is not Mm. to say that's good or bad that's that's just meant as an objective judgment uh question for you because i actually i I haven't really read the books um i just know about them because again like they're pretty well known right um but what what would you how would you describe the age range of those characters like um they're early 20s um that would probably then Mm. fall under this it's not a new category, but, you know, it newly has a name. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, that would be what folks are now calling new adult. So they're not, you they're just... not calling it av- avocado toast fiction. <sighs> Kristen, we took so long getting the mic to work. Do you want us to unplug it? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know I'm in, I know I'm very many thousands of miles away, even more than I usually am. <laughs> But this is why the people come here. Have you had avocado toast in Denmark yet? Uh, I haven't. um, I think avocados are super expensive here. (laughs) Yeah, we got avocado toast in Ireland and it was a lot. Yeah, I I mean, I haven't gone out to get it. I've mostly been eating rice cakes because I'm just basically acting like I'm back in college again because I can't (laughs) cook. So I have like 
I have like eggs and bread and peanut butter and rice cakes and that's Respect. great for me right now. Respect. <laughs> anyway, I swear anyway, I had a point sorry. before I got us off track. Um, <laughs> oh, you didn't get us off track. <laughs> oh my! I believe that God. was this more. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, so it's just interesting to me that, you know, you say this is almost like YA-ish because I know that Mira Grant does have that, not exactly YA necessarily, but new adult writing under her belt. Not saying it's YA-ish, but like just saying that, yeah. you know, in terms of categories of books that are not taken seriously. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to explain what new adult is. So, um, young adult obviously is, uh, maybe not so obviously for some people who, who don't read it, but, um, the, uh, characters are generally in their teenage years. Um, whereas for new adult, you've, they're newly in actual fucking adulthood. So, you know, you've got like early twenties is probably a good, um, age range to think about when you're thinking about new adult books. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, um, fucking adulthood emphasis on the fucking. <laughs> yep. Um, I just really love, this story was fucking weird. Like it was just a bizarre story in like the best possible way. Like, the was subject matter was weird, the writing was weird, it was just great. It was hard for me to get through. Oh, really? I had to reread. I mean, like, not in, like, not in that way that I didn't think it was interesting. I actually really loved the way it was, like, written and things like that. But, like, a lot of Star Wars stuff I can kind of just, like, read on the bus or, like, read while I'm out or, like, just not be paying 900% attention. <laughs> Yeah, to, sure. like what I'm reading because yeah. it's just basically like here's like a a world that I is already I mean you know no no poo poo on anyone but like a lot of like Star Wars books are are like easy readers for me because I kind of know what I'm getting myself into whereas mm-hmm. this I found sure. myself like I mean it, I'm sure it's a function of a lot of things I did read this like all since I've been in Denmark and I'm like jet lagged <laughs> and I'm all fucked up and I don't, whatever but um. <laughs> I found myself like having to like reread a lot of it to make sure I'm like, okay, is this, let me make sure that this is the being I think it is. Let me make sure like this stuff like corresponds with each other. Okay. Yes. I'm not just making that arbitrary connection in my mind. Like Mm -hmm. I just had to be like a little bit more deliberate in my reading than I normally would have been. Yeah, definitely. It it definitely asked a little bit more from you just because I think I want to say that like, other service books are a little bit more, the rice house a little bit more straight up. Like you can just read a sentence and it, the sentence is what it means. Let's, let's keep going. Well, yeah. And you know that like, I, that's not even always true of me. I get on this <laughs> podcast and I'm like, can someone tell me what time it is and who, how old they are? And, but, um, <laughs> this especially, I was just like, okay, these are like characters I don't know. And, they're in situations that I am having tr- like more trouble than usual picturing because I don't have like a good starting point almost for them. So it, mm-hmm. it just took like a more brain power than I think it, it usually does, which is like, I think a pretty neutral thing for me. I was like annoyed that I had to go back and reread stuff, but then I was like, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, that's I totally get that though, because like you think about this story and I mean, a realizing that it, Canto Bite came out before Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. And so there's really nothing that actually ties this story to Star Wars in a way, because we don't at that point have a relationship with Canto Bite. As you said, we don't know any of these characters. We don't particularly know any of their 
species, except for the Wookiee bodyguard, who I believe is just referred to as the Wookiee, mm-hmm. um, her friend, the Wookiee, mm-hmm. Durla's friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Ubiala is human, but like... No, she's not. I thought she, I thought she was. No. She not? No. I think... Um, do you remember... Um, like when we're pan- when they get to Canto Bite and they crash yes. the ship and they're panning over it and there's that there's woman the... with a tall head. Yeah. I think that's her. Oh, I thought that was a hat. No, I think that's her I think her head is like that. Oh. Kind of like... Okay. Humanoid then. Yeah. Apologies. She's not human. Yeah. Um That's why they kept talking about her veins throbbing. Oh, I thought uh... she just was, like stroking out or something. Oh my god. <laughs> um uh... But anyway, point being, there's very little to actually tie this to the Star Wars universe, which is part of what makes it so weird, right? Because, like, the Grimace twins, like, do they come from another fucking galaxy? Like, nobody, even in this galaxy full of, like, completely different people, nobody knows what the fuck to make of them. And so it just makes it, like, interesting. And it, like, for me, at least, it really drew me into, like, I feel like I have no idea what's going on and I want to know more. Yeah. Deadass, I thought they may have been uh, Kami Noah, and when we first got, like, their description, I was like, all right, they're super pale, and they, there are two of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fair. I Yeah, no, I, I, but then I, like, realized that they weren't, you know, I, I did a, a bit of background reading, but I was like, oh, okay, cool. Don't we, like, see them for a moment in The Last Jedi, or am I making that up? Um, they are in the background of the crowd shots in the casino. Do they look like axolotls? Yes. Yes! Cool. Okay. I didn't I didn't even look this up. I just, I was just getting axolotl. Oh, is that who you, you were just getting axolotl vibes? Yeah, yes. I was like, they're mudkips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. like, because instead of hair, they've got, or like, not mudkips, kind of, like, crests yeah. going to, like, yeah. Crest, they're whoopers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this makes more sense than my thing, but you know, I know less about Star Wars than you guys do. (laughs) Um, I don't know anything. I just read a book. Yeah. Oh, also, I was like, I was like, who's bald and very white? Um, Also, shouts to. um, Am I wrong? I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, If you if you are somebody who's very visual and it helps to visualize your characters, um, if you bought Canto Bite at Barnes and Noble, the hardcover version, they had the Barnes and Noble specific version had photos. which is great. However, since the photos exist, they're also on Wikipedia because duh. So you can search any of these characters. You can search Little Butthole Alien, Kedpin. <laughs> uh, and if you haven't seen pictures of him, you'll understand why we were referring to him as Little Butthole Alien. <laughs> um, and then the Grammys sisters and Ubiala and like all these people. And then you can spot them in the background in like the opening montage of Canto bite of uh, the Canto bite sequence, which See, is really fun. I haven't looked up any of these pictures. I just like have this have this like small roll decks in my head because I'm a crazy person. I mean that's fair. But yeah, yes, no, Ubiala that's, is that's the good. Ubiala is the uh, dark skinned woman on the yacht with like the dude who is saying Pablo Rain Kiri as a shout to the uh, uh, story group. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, the the that's wine funny. dealer. I need to like look up because. I'm like I'm. I have a very like ah real monsters version of her in my head, even though she has like a human yeah. body. And, like I need to not. <laughs> oh God, ah real monsters! What a throwback. <laughs> I, Sorry, we. I feel like I put this even more off track than it could have been, but. <laughs> I mean, see, see, y'all have that reference point. I was just imagining like a cut open tennis ball talking to me, but with like googly eyes on it. 
<laughs> so, mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> but with like a humanoid body. I know. I, need, I really yeah. need to look it up because I'm like, this is hard to picture. I know. I know. But I do love how much she sh- just like shit talks humans. I'm like, drag us. We're useless. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to steer us a little bit back towards Fine. anything. You must. <laughs> um, but so we we're talking about the writing uh, to start with, allegedly. <laughs> and I just wanted to say that I think I think what's going on here, at least for me, like thinking about thinking of it like like a writer because I'm a fucking nerd um, is that the writing to well, me felt y- like you're a writer. Yeah, I know. But OK. I mean, Kate's of. a writer. I, kind of. Sometimes. Kate's a writer. I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to do grad school apps again right now. It's, it sucks. Um so the writing to me felt like it was deliberately kind of this like flowery, um, expansive, like imaginative, um, not kind of like windy language. It, it felt deliberately imprecise to me. Um, which was cool because of course the story is called The Winding Dreams and it's kind of like you know, People can't nail down the taste of this quote unquote magical wine. So, and it kind of, that's kind of mirrored in the writing. And, you know, they're talking about, um, you know, people's hopes, people's dreams, like what they, what they want, what this wine means to them in terms of, you know, getting out of, you know, whatever shit lives they have by selling it off or acquiring it or whatever the hell. So again, dreams, imprecise, weird shit happens, the writing style. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well uh, said kate <laughs> yeah uh i've got other like writing questions but do we want to like come back to the, do we want to talk about other stuff and come back or i'm good either way i was just looking up what derla looks like on she tennis ball uh no she also kind of looks like a butthole oh, oh no. no oh no oh Krista showed me that picture. I don't want to know right now. Oh, that is not what I was thinking about at all. Wait, they. She doesn't adhere to human standards of beauty. She sure doesn't. That's right. I know. I love her two pairs of very expressive eyes. (laughs) They Um, look like they're expressive. Anyway. (laughs) Please keep talking about the writing. I'm making a decision. I want to know what what else you have to say about it because we're in in that vein anyway. All right. What up? Um, the other, so a few other things going on in the story in terms of like the writing itself and the structure and things like that. Um, so it's a story that's a little that, um, you know, we've seen this a little bit in Star Wars before and it's, it's easy, it's easy to do when you're talking about Star Wars because, um, Star Wars itself is kind of framed as a legendary story, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Um, but again, we're having a story that's about stories and it's about mirroring, um, so, uh, you know, f- literally first chapter of this novella, Daryl is talking about, um, you know, what, what legend are you going to leave? What legend are you shaping for yourself? Because legends are deliberately made, um, and they're not just things that happen, you know? Who it's, lives, who dies, who tells her story. Wow. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other, ha- and then the other part of it with the mirroring is that you know, of course, you have the gravest twins, and it sounds like where wherever they come from, um, everyone has a twin, and um, they really embrace that. Um, that's really normal. Um, they, you know, they're they they talk a lot about symmetry and balance, and that's you know that's where they feel at home because that's the kind of society that they apparently grew up in. 
Um, so, of course, we have mirroring there, but also um, we've got, um, you know, Durla's versus Ubiolv's motives, um, you know, the, and the kind of people they are. Um, you know, the duplicity of Canto Bite. So, you know, of course, it's all shiny on top. And then you have people like Kala, the um, hotel worker who, um, you know, are stuck in this the underbelly that's undergirding all that. Um, so... Uh, there's a lot of, like, relationships that are sort of, like, equal and opposite, and then there are ones that are equal and the same. It's just, it was just, it's just a really cool effect, Mm -hmm. I think. It's a really cool theme to, like, bring through the whole thing. And, of course, you, I'm sure, well, y'all got the the puns in the Grammy sisters' names, right? What were their names again? Rombi and Parallelo. Yes, I did get that. (laughs) And then Grammys. Uh... And um, if you know what a rhombus or a parallelogram are, they are made of parallel lines, of course. So they are literally mirroring both sides if you bisect the shape. Yay. But they are both. They are each both. Yeah. There is no rhombi and there is no parallela. That's what Kala got wrong in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's true. Well, I would have fucking gotten it wrong, too. Yeah. We'll talk. Mo- we'll talk more about my time working in casinos, but, but uh, yes, I uh, <clears throat> once accidentally um, mi- mistook a, a guest's uh, dog's name for his daughter's name. Oh my <gasps> god! So that was bad. Ah, you that's did the best. Oh my god! Wait, did you call the dog by the daughter's name or the daughter by the dog's name? Uh, the dog by the daughter's name. Okay, that could have been worse. <laughs> No, because I asked how the name was, and he said, that's my daughter, not the dog. That still could have been worse, because you could have talked to the daughter and been like, and how are you today, Fluffy? <laughs> the daughter wasn't there. It's just, it was more that I upset the the man. I hate that. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Whatever. Oh, White men get upset easily. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um... And then, so, but going back to talking about the stories, um, obviously, you know, Durla says that lies are undergirding every single legend, and Canto Bite itself is a legend that's a lie. Um, so, what do you think Mira Grant's trying to say about truth here? Like, actual true things. Like, truth as in, like, a Plato's ideal truth. <laughs> I think, I, I, I don't think there is an ideal truth. Ah. I think it's all about perspective, because, like, I don't know. To me, it's like, I love the scene where Durla first tastes the wine because she's like, it's amazing and I don't know how it works, but it's also very fucking clearly wine. Mm-hmm. Like, this is yeah. wine. It has been made by some sort of fruit and like, I taste the yeast, like, fermentation in it and like, it's weird and it's magic, but I've had wine like this before. Right. And so she's like, so like, clearly all their bullshit about being from the other side of hyperspace it's bullshit. It's bullshit. And when they're like, and we're going, we're going back home, and we we're never going to cross the veil a third time. And then at the end of the story, they're like, yeah, let's meet in three months. <laughs> oh my god, we all know the type. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that between that and like, I thought it was really interesting when Darla was having the wine for the first time, and she's like, oh, this is what people are on about the color. I thought mm-hmm. it was just like there was a red and there was a white and there was a rosé. Mm-hmm. But 
truth be told, it's all of those things at once and mm-hmm. none of those things at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, like, sounds really great. I want to try this wine. I know, right? I know. It sounds dank. <laughs> um, okay. Last writing thing, and then we can talk about crazy space shit and stop talking about writing nerd shit. Um, so... The story pretty clearly, I think, frames Ubiol as the villain. Um, because she's the one with, like, really nefarious ends, and she's literally willing to kill for those ends. Um, but is she really the villain? Like, what do we think is at play here? Like, what, you know, I mean, Keeks, like you said, we're going to talk more about um, Casino Cities, because, oh god. Um, but, you know, is it... Is the villain, like, the story that Canto Bite is selling? Is it, you know, what Canto Bite actually is? Is it greed? Is it other stuff? Yeah, yeah I mean... I mean... Go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, I mean, we say we say that Ubiala is, you know, willing to kill for her aims. But that's because she's going to get dead. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially self-defense. Right. Like, it's not at the person who would... Targeted at the person who would kill her. But it's essentially, like, them or me. And I'm going to choose me because I'm not a dummy. Yeah, that was my sub point. I said, she's trying not to die, TBH. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, as as we know from, like, Star Wars in general, but I think especially Solo kind of brings out that, you know, survival at any cost sort of principle in um, the less savory areas of the galaxy, whether you get caught up in it or born into it or whatever. Yeah, Ubiala yeah. is very much Akira style. Mm-hmm. character yeah um god i like there's a part of this story where they talk about how like nothing really matters unless you're like in it something about drama blah 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 um i'm gonna butcher it which i just did um but uh i mean i think that it's it's funny that we like bring up solo because it's like that seems more life or death compared to this but it's like as chris said earlier like such a matter of perspective i'm like there it's like trying to get money to have livelihood to get the fuck off of this shit planet and blah 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 i'm like oh it's like the same thing though in canto bite but it just doesn't feel like the same thing because we're talking about wine right i was about to say it's like it's <laughs> or like, something i know it's like scrappy life or death versus fancy life or death <laughs> exactly so no totally and i mean i think like obviously the a plot is about the wine and the negotiation and you know what is this wine essentially like that's the mystery that we all want to solve and it never of course gets solved but the b plot is kind of like a uh what is the word i'm looking for kind of like an ethnographic study of canto (laughs) bite um where it's just like in the course of following this wine and following the Grammar Sisters, we see, and we're going to talk a little bit about this. Uh, I'm skipping down in the outline. I'm sorry. But, like, we see I'm pretty done, so the, go essentially it. the slavery in Canto Bite with Kala and the fact that she is, like, sent to Ubiala's club to, like, be like, my mistresses are coming. And the underbelly of you see the, you know, mafia underlyingness of Ubiala's uh, patron patrons and you see the rich people who are actually completely powerless 
once you strip away their privileges mm-hmm. and lock them into a room and make it dark, they're actually terrified and powerless and have no actual skills. And, that was my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it's just like, it's, it was, a re- again, getting back to kind of the weirdness of the writing, it was a really interesting way to get at, like, what could have easily been a Wikipedia article about the culture of Canto Bite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. All right. Chris, do you want to talk what? about force or else oh the force oh yeah i want to just because like you know you we hear from the grandma sisters they're from the other side of hyperspace nobody knows where they're from it's a new galaxy etc etc and (laughs) yeah a believe what you will but b like they're not painted as force sensitive but they are painted as like somewhat like they have some sort of like precognition they like the wine is magical in some manner like they are clearly their you know biology sense of self lifestyle is not what we would what the rest of the galaxy would consider standard i think it's fair to say and they have a dumbledore style deluminator they have a dumbledore style deluminator for sure <laughs> um and it's just interesting because like you see you know the force isn't mentioned here in the slightest but there's clearly some weird stuff going on. So, like, can they actually see the future? Are they just good at guessing? Like, is this the force at work in some other mysterious way? And they are force-sensitive in a way we haven't seen other people be force-sensitive? Like, not in the Jedi sense, but just in a um, kind of being more in tune with the force way. Kind of like the people on um, Luel in Legends of Luke Skywalker. Like, I don't know. It was just, there's a whole bunch of questions that, like, came to mind that we, of course, didn't get answers to, but I found it fascinating. I didn't see them as Force-sensitive or precognitive, necessarily, at least in terms of, you know, being able to wield the Force. It, I think it's probably because I was, like, again, picturing them as being axolotls. I don't know. I never know if I'm saying that word right. Is that how you say it? Mm. Great. Um, so I've always said it. All right. Well, <laughs> picturing them as these, you know, as analogous to these, you know, creatures that we have on Earth. And, you know, I, I was kind of thinking of it as in, like, spidey senses. Like, you know, their animals can sense things. And especially um, underwater animals like axolotls, they can, like, sense electrical currents and things like that. I, I don't know. I just thought it was a pr- probably a pretty normal thing for them. Yeah. Like a heightened sense of things compared to humans yeah but why couldn't that be the force because i explained it with science (laughs) no i don't know yeah that's a good point Uh, yeah no great great point um yeah i mean i i filed it more under the who's the forgettable white man in solo that we don't like beckett beckett thank you um (laughs) fucking christ when he's like don't trust anyone people always like tell you who they are yep thanks woody harrelson from every movie woody harrelson's ever been in god damn it (laughs) yes thank you i literally just watched that movie and couldn't pull back it up my ass so (laughs) that's why i called him the forgettable white man we don't like um it's descriptive and true how dare you kill off fanny newton you pieces of shit i know um so fucking rude um but anyway, I, I mean, I, like, filed it more under that of, like, people 
I, I don't think that any of the things that they did were like out of character for how they've acted in the past. Not that, you know, either one of like our, uh, I just almost called her a decanter, which is what you put wine in. Um, uh, Sommelier, there we go. Um, our sommelier <laughs> Next versus time I go to a our, fancy restaurant, I'm asking them if they have a decanter. Oh my! Oh my God! Fucking stop! <laughs> Listen, I'm very tired. Um, at least I like picked the right genre of thing. True. Um, but it's uh, our our sommelier versus our like club owner. Not that they have a ton of sorry. <laughs> Porky. Not that they, not that they have like obviously a lot of um background with this sisters but they know like the lore behind them in a lot of ways right which is like how at least uh what's what's the somali's name durla something durla like that? Durla. <laughs> durla okay um yes. like that's how durla knew enough to get them to cantobite for a meeting and like didn't pre-fuck that up because they sound like the the kind of beings that like if you were like too presumptuous or like too forward or didn't know what the fuck you were doing and like weren't calculated in your moves like they would not meet with you totally Mm -hmm. totally Mm -hmm. i also just want to point out here it's not that the wine is magic it's like it's nothing anyone else has ever had before and if it's something novel to you then of course you're gonna think it's really fucking cool right well, like when people first got like smartphones and they were like what the fuck and i was just like whatever well and like durla makes that point she's like mm-hmm. here are i mean before we even learned about the magic wine right she's like yeah um i sell a uh, back-ass planet wine with people who stomp the grapes with the weird feet uh for a lot of money to people who don't live on that world yeah absolutely that is no that's a great connection true (laughs) yeah i i love derla being like i loved derla being like i literally sell like what is counted as piss on their native planets (laughs) as like the finest wine the finest exotic wine you've ever tasted and if you have the reputation and you call something exotic no one's gonna call you on it yep it's so good so true so good the finest bottled carillion piss yep (laughs) like derla is the equivalent of like bottling marketing in the liquor industry totally fuck yeah totally durla is the steven joel trachtenberg vodka analogy oh my god stop of the star wars galaxy don't say that now. don't bring it exactly don't one br- person don't. understands that analogy no now i have to explain don't. it uh, okay in long story short the we are all uh, graduates of george washington university go colonials ish the george washington university uh. um <laughs> and the former president of the George Washington University did an interview with the Washington Post in which he uh, confirmed, because he is this conceited of a shit, that mm-hmm. the only reason that GW is one of the like top five most expensive schools in the country is because he intentionally drove up the price because, in his analogy, like vodka, it's all the same stuff inside and it just matters how you dress it up and how you market it. <sighs> yep. He did put the hippo statue on campus, though, and that's like one of my. I do love things. the hippo. <laughs> did you see, Keeks? Do you follow um Overhood at GW? Uh, not anymore. <laughs> well, somebody put googly eyes on the hippo. 
Oh, thank God. I yeah, know. I know. Long live the hippo. I love uh, the the Potomac water horse. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely. George Washington <laughs> used to see them galloping sure. across the lands. Oh, my God. Hippos are horrifying. Look up some videos. Hippos um, are the... Don't you dare. Hippos are the best. Oh, I mean, oh they're God. amazing. They oh, okay. just are... Uh, will fuck you up. And they yes. can travel very quickly. They're adorable, majestic big, death big machines. Boys. They are exactly. Oh my god. Anyway, this is this has been uh, inside baseball talk with. The, yeah, god, that got way off topic. <laughs> it's fine. Um, oh, oh, I had like a pointlet, but it's gone. Fuck me. <laughs> okay, well, while you think of it, I just want to add on to the story that in addition to sticking googly eyes in the hippo, somebody left in its mouth because its mouth is open, um, an offering of a Big Mac. So. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, we used to give the hippo, like, cake all the time during finals. Yeah, we did. Did you, uh, Keeks, did you ever rub the hippo snout before finals? Um, I mean, like, I just liked to visit the hippo as often as possible. I mean, that's fair. It wasn't, like, a ritualistic thing or, like, they told me I needed to do it, so I did it. It was more oh. just like it was near the music department. So That's fair. Be- every fifteen minutes, she 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 actually sacrificed goats to it on the reg. So. Well, because like yeah. the thing that like because like GW has no actual rituals, and so the tour guides try to tell you that oh everybody rubs the hippo snout before everybody finals or else you snout. fail. That's nobody's ever done that. Anyway, <laughs> um, so no, you bite. ride on you get on the the hippo when you're drunk. That's accurate. Takes a picture of you. That's our only ritual. Accurate. Um. Yes, Canto Bites, wine things. Oh, I know what I was gonna ask. Uh-huh. What did you guys? Th- what did you guys think about like the fucking label switching? Because I don't know if I was just like missed the point of that or just like. Oh, that was stupid. purely trolling. It was purely trolling. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. But can you guys? Can someone besides me talk more about that? Sure. Uh, so the Grandma sisters are sticky and. Uh, <laughs> They uh, whap some labels off some bottles and switch the labels around on the bottles. And um, it is trolling because um, there's just hope, you know, obviously when you go to, when the the, uh, bar staff goes to pour, everything's going to be wrong. Um, But they also kind of want this reputation about Ubiala's spread that like her place isn't that great anymore. And like everybody, like the bartenders don't even know what they're doing. Like it's not, it's not up to snuff. And so kind of like fuck her up that way. Mm -hmm. So that's what's going on. Yeah, and the between the label switching and also the dropped bottle of wine, mm-hmm. uh, that is Yo. not actually wine. It's like toilet water and flower petals. Mm-hmm. Mouthwash. Mouthwash. That's mm-hmm. what it was. That's what it was. Toilet water. Toilet water. Yep. That's I mean, every, that's how everybody else washes their mouths, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, okay. Toilet great. water is a dog's mouthwash, so we're so it's accurate. All relative. Nice. So we don't deserve dogs, um, <laughs> but yeah, and it like vaguely tied into the story at the very end when uh the grandma sisters uh have sneakily left derla with like the half drunk bottle of the wine of dreams mm-hmm. um be, be and they like did that by like switching the label and because they're all sneaky like mm-hmm. but no it was essentially purely for trolling to fuck with ubiala yep okay cool also i was like of course there are at least two bottles of wine they've made it very very obscenely clear that they only do things in twos <laughs> i know like duh i know nobody was paying attention exactly and they knew that and they knew that and that's how they got away with it all yeah Durla was a little bit yeah but she didn't know like the extent of the right their yeah. culture 
Yes. <laughs> the trolling culture. <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. All right. So are we talking about how gross Cantobite is now? Yeah, let's wrap it up with that. <laughs> All right. Yay. Cantobite's uh, Las Vegas, kind of. Yeah, it's like, it's like las vegas but like for even richer like it's like i don't know i feel like it's like dubai having never been say, to dubai it's like but the uae it's like skiing yeah. inside yeah no absolutely it's like it's 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 the uh the 30 rock country for that only rich people know about yeah it's the svenborgia of the <laughs> of uh, oh, yeah, yeah. the star wars galaxy but because you have like you know obviously this glitz and glamour that finn is so enamored with that um uh, Kedpin is so enamored with in the first story that we read, uh, Rules of the Game. Um, and that's like amazing and looks so perfect. And then you look closer. Like Rose says. Like Rose says. You look closer and you have all these right. horrible people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking at the hotel, Tal- uh, Kala, right? Kala. Yeah. I'm saying Kala. I keep wanting to call her Tala for some reason. Um, <laughs> Kala is essentially a slave like the grandma sisters are like and we will take this concierge and the guy's like well we don't technically have slavery here and they're like we will take this concierge yeah i know i mean they even use the word indentured which we all know what that means yeah like actually yeah and so duh this is indentured servitude aka all of these people will die here (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. and it's just especially like the part with kala that i found really like sad is just her talking about how like Everybody who works in Cantobite essentially is somebody who came to Cantobite with money, wanting to make it big, and got cleaned out. And now they have no way to get home. Yep. And yeah. which is honestly exactly how I feel about um, Casino Cities. Well, put a pin in that for five seconds while yeah. you finish at this point, and then come back. Yeah. And then just the fact that nobody is actually safe in Cantobite. Like even Ubiala, who's like one of the more famous people, is not clearly not safe because she's one wrong move away from like being dead because she built her career and her reputation getting in debt to the wrong people because how do you know who the right people are when you first get there because it all looks so shiny also like i feel like everyone in this story is like a step from death including the sisters like i yeah Mm -hmm. i feel like if there's someone if there's like some kind of uh like underworld fuck shit that they get involved in accidentally like no one would think twice about like offing them if they were not like super cantobite affiliated yeah yeah it's all about status yeah definitely i mean it's kind of like it's kind of like the empire there's always somebody else pulling the actual strings Mm mm-hmm so totally um so going back to the thing i Put a very brief pin in. I actually hate that phrase so much. Goddamn white people corporate speak. Um, <laughs> so, Chris and I had this discussion. Not I, wa- I don't want to say frequently, but we had it more than once. Because Chris enjoys casinos. He enjoys, like, going and, like, doing a little gambling. With the understanding, of course, that, like, you're going to lose money. Like, you, you just kind of... Yes, you, with the understanding that it is an experience that you're paying for. Yeah, it's an experience. Yep. It's a sunk cost. Like, you you know, he's one of those folks who will go in saying, I will spend up to, like, you know, up to this much amount of money, and then I'm done. Yeah. Um, and you enjoy it. Yeah. And you, you know, it's a, it's entertainment, really. Um, whereas, um, for me, you know, I think it's, kind of, it's just kind of interesting, like, considering Chris's background, which is, you know, um, 
suburban upper middle class like white upbringing you know that's how he views it whereas for me um you know i see it more like you know we've just had that um that huge was was it a mega millions jackpot whatever the fuck it was, it was it was mega millions but powerball was also very high right yeah um you know and i know you know obviously the odds are stacked against you for like those like kinds of Games of chance. Yeah. For for our, any non-American listeners, Mega Millions and Powerball are two national lotteries that yeah. we have here. Yeah. Thank you. I, I assume many people know that, but... Yeah. Just in case. Um, so, you know, I just know how those odds are stacked against people, and then people will, like, sink so much money into it because they just are either addicted to it or they hold out hope or, like, both. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it's... It, it, what it really winds up hurting are, you know, from my standpoint, are... Um, less well-off communities because, you know, these, they're, I grew up in New York, um, New York City. And so, you know, there were buses that would take, you know, little Asian ladies, um, over to Atlantic City and they would stay and they would gamble for like 15 hours straight and they'd hop back on the bus and go home. Um, and they lost all, all their retirement savings that way because they were fucking addicted. Um, you know, I think about, um, people in the neighborhood where I grew up, which was, um, mostly black and brown folks, um, in the Bronx in a not at all, um, well-to-do area because of systemic fuck shit. Um, but you know, they, they, they bought lottery tickets by the dozens because they, you know, everything is so goddamn fucked in America with the way we treat people that, you know, this is... They, their hope was that this was going to be a way out for them, you know, that they'd be able to take care of their families and pay off, like, for their, pay off their house and all that other kind of shit. It's just, and it's horrifying to me. I mean, it's interesting because, and I don't think any of the stories in Canto Bite tackle it from this angle, but I would love to see, I feel like there's an opportunity to think about this as, like, the dark side of hope because we have particularly in the last Jedi, but you know, all through star Wars, hope is the light side. Hope is the spark that keeps burning. Like as you know, we hear very bluntly in the last Jedi, you know, uh, keeping the spark alive, the spark that will light the fire, but the spark of hope is what kills you in casinos and what kills you in atmospheres like this, because you always hope that just one more hand or one more roll or whatever game you're playing and it'll all turn around and it, almost never does and that is what takes all your livelihood away yep and i mean keeks as you said you grew up basically right next to atlantic city so yeah i did and i worked there for um a, a number of years um i was fortunate enough to never work in the casino proper um i always mm-hmm. either worked in parking or in valet which is mm-hmm. a subset of parking but um that was uh <laughs> that was by design um i didn't want to yeah. work in uh food service or bartending or dealing or any mm-hmm. of that stuff yeah. um just because i had seen kind of like what that kind of false promise um did to like the community i grew up in um because obviously when you're a a dealer at a casino or you're um you work at at anywhere that is like largely um you know depends on the on the whims of how well the economy is doing um Mm. when there's an economic downturn like you see people shit get fucked up um you know it's it's uh gambling and that industry is already like 
very fickle. <laughs> um, yeah. But when you uh, when you see your whole community kind of like built around that, um, you can you can kind of see one like what folks who become addicted to gambling like what they what they lose and what happens to them. Um, and same with like the folks who who try to build their future around like working um, as like the line workers, basically, you know, yeah. in, in the pit of casinos, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it's just like it's th- that all said. Like it can be the worst economic fuck shit, but y- if you hear a snowstorm is coming, the casino will pay for its workers, like enough workers to stay there during the snowstorm yeah. to keep the casino open. Wow! So <laughs> wow. it's uh, it's it's this very like you know life giving and life sucking piece of the community i grew up in so it's yeah. uh yeah i know that's like really bleak um <laughs> i mean but it's super that's casinos like casinos are bleak casinos are bleak as fuck yeah. yeah i'm i'm like not a gambler because i just have like seen too much of that mm-hmm. um i totally get the appeal of it like i waste my money on other shit don't get me wrong i'm not like high and mighty <laughs> um yeah definitely but you know it's like it, it the the corner turns when you know, you look at somebody and you're like, oh, they don't see this as entertainment at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, totally. So, yeah. I mean, it's totally. just, I am so glad to not be there doing <laughs> that with those, nothing, nothing, nothing against the people that I worked with. The people I worked with were wonderful, wonderful human beings. Mm-hmm. Just like so glad to not be at the whims of right just like casino fuck boys anymore yeah yeah to like have that option yeah i didn't i i don't want um people who are like i don't want to be profiting off of people who have gambling addictions sure (laughs) basically yeah (laughs) it feels very bad yeah um out of curiosity if you have you know even the slightest idea sure what percentage of your community would you say you know had a livelihood attached to casinos um it's hard to put an exact number on it um sure because for example like my uncle was not in the casino business at all but he did um custom glass work and Mm. he was doing Mm -hmm. custom glass work basically for all the casinos (laughs) like that's what you know um it's it, it it seeps its way in um to a lot of the uh mm-hmm. community even if it, it's not um you know even if folks aren't directly employed by them but yeah i mean yeah. i've always known i i don't have like a good percentage but i've a lot of uh kids i grew up with like both of their parents were either dealers mm-hmm. or like worked in you know because they're huge they're you know you you have to do the hotel side of it the food and beverage side of it blah 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 so there's Mm -hmm. there's a ton of different jobs it's like where in other towns like folks would be working in restaurants or something like that they're working at casinos so right got it it's it's just kind of hard to and like it's a very fluid thing right it's like okay people will go from working in a casino restaurant to go working in another restaurant but then they build up their resume and they go and work at a a more prestigious casino restaurant blah blah blah. yeah 
Right. Yeah. So. Sounds like it's super enmeshed, kind of. It's enmeshed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know it's not always your favorite thing to talk about because. Oh yeah. Any yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm always I'm always willing to talk about it. It's just like, it's a very, you know, it's very much like a a different kind of like coal for like lack of a better you know yeah i mean to talk about it's like yeah it's not it's going extinct in some ways but in Mm -hmm. other ways it'll always be there as long as there are people to do it even though it's bad yeah (laughs) or something i I don't know yeah no 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 i mean i was i was thinking exactly that honestly you know it's it's, i was thinking about you know like steel towns or you know like car manufacturing cities and things like that like it sounds like Again, very enmeshed um, industry and um, actual living, like lived community. Totally, like yeah. the <laughs> one of the I, I always think about this, and it's just like such a fucking weird thing. Um, one of the so the hospital that my parents met at has like an Atlantic City branch, and then has like a mm. a branch that's like kind of out closer to where I grew up, kind of in the in the sticks a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. probably like 30, 35 minutes apart by car. Um, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) the casino in this, I mean, the hospital in the city had a contract with the casino to park in their parking lot. (laughs) Like, it's just like, (laughs) wow. uh, You know, like that is how much of like the real estate is like, well, the hospital doesn't have its own parking. So like the hospital workers will be able to park in this specific casino that's very close to the hospital. Wow. (laughs) So So we would like always borrow my friend's mom's like work badge anytime we were like going into Atlantic City. (laughs) So we could (laughs) fucking park in the goddamn (laughs) hospital slash casino parking lot. I'm like, God, God, what the fuck? (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. Um, I had another question and I totally forgot about it. Oh, um, just out of here again, out of curiosity. Like, How much is this, like, you know when you grow up in a place and, like, everything, like, seems quote-unquote normal and then you leave and you're like, oh, that was really weird about my childhood. <laughs> like, yeah. how much of this is stuff that, like, the stuff you, you know, realized in the moment? Obviously, you were younger. Um, and how much of this is stuff that you kind of, like, as, when you moved away, you were just like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like, most of it is after the fact. Um, mm. Just because, like, so much of the community was involved in some way in the industry Mm -hmm. um and it's like you know all things considered it's not a bad way to make a living (laughs) where i'm from like that's so many folks are doing it because it's like there's more opportunity there than most other industries oh god yeah Mm -hmm. where where i grew up you know there really isn't anything right Mm -hmm. it's like we have tourism that's that's what we have um it's funny like reading stuff about canterbury because i'm like oh like alanxie's like shitty (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's like we we have all these like not not only is it like you know the these these characters who find like are very uppity and think very highly of themselves like very much resonate with me but at the same time i'm like except for atlantic city is like shitty so it's like they think very highly of themselves but atlantic city is shitty (laughs) just like (laughs) saying it over and over again right yeah right right yeah (laughs) yeah no i mean i like like again i grew up obviously not in the community like you did but you know close enough i've been there several times (laughs) yeah i mean like the fact that you know about like the casino buses and stuff Mm -hmm. like that i mean you, you you have 
the picture of what it is. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, well, if, if anybody has more questions about this, I don't know. I'll probably do some more freestyling about it on the wrap-up, but um, yeah. I know it's a really weird thing, and I know it's not something a ton of people have, like, perspective on, so I'm... I, I will offer whatever I have. Um, and we but, appreciate uh, it. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really fucking weird thing that, you know, not only am I, like, from a tourism-driven town, but it's, like, not a good one. <laughs> it's, like, I'm from, like, the, the... I'm from, like, fucking Branson, Missouri, only it's, like, not nice. <laughs> and that's, like, Branson, Missouri. <laughs> I mean, I get... I, also interesting of course that like you know our our frame of reference is atlantic city whereas you know chris grew up on the west coast and i feel like your frame of reference chris for this sort of thing is vegas which of course is very different yeah um i mean it's different but it it, it is different it's it's a much larger scale i've i've been to atlantic city for a very short period of time um at gw our like senior trip was to atlantic city for a day i don't know if you did we that Kristen. senior trips uh, they're what they existed. Yes. Oh, hmm. I went. <laughs> um, Mine but, was probably also to Atlantic City. I was probably like, no, I probably blacked it out. Right. You probably did because you were like, what, why would I uh, probably live there? <laughs> um, but so I've seen Atlantic City. I've been there once and I've been to Vegas twice now. Have um, you ever been to Reno? Uh, when I was very young. Okay. Uh, and so not well enough to remember. Um, but it's very different. In the scale and the grandiosity of it, Vegas is unparalleled, in America at least. Um, But it's similar because I've been to Vegas. I went once in 20... Oh, God. 2011, 2012. And then I went once in 2016. And we went to Atlantic City in 2013. And those, you know, 2011, 2012, 2013 was still very much feeling the effects of the recession, right? And so Vegas... There was a lot of stuff that was under construction that was not still supposed to be under construction. And it was very evident that developers had run out of money. And there was a lot of stuff where it was like, these casinos that are supposed to be so fancy are very dilapidated right now. (laughs) Yeah. And sure. And, and, and Atlantic city, again, I don't know as much about the local economy. So Keeks, correct me if I'm getting this wrong, but my understanding is around 2012, 2013, that was when the Trump Taj Mahal closed shouts to america um (laughs) but that was when atlantic city like kind of like i remember there were articles about how like atlantic city is dying yeah and yeah and so like it's it's different on the scale obviously well maybe not obviously if you haven't been there las vegas has for the most part recovered they've kind of retooled what their marketing strategy is they do bill it more as like an experience in the playground now as opposed to a get rich quick city Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think their whole thing is like more than gambling. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so like they and they have retooled. And when I went in 2016, it was much snazzier and felt a lot less sad, frankly. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's the same. It it is the same industry. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Atlantic City is like get rich quick. Also, we have the beach. <laughs> Yes. The ocean. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> We're yeah, not yeah. in a desert. That's what we have going for us. Woo! <laughs> Three months out of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Christ. Right? Yeah. 
man. Oh, on that uplifting yeah. note, does anybody else yeah. have anything else we want to talk about? I mean, we went a little long, but I think all of this stuff is like worth discussing. Oh, yeah, it was great. Especially oh, yeah. around Cantobite. Totally. Yeah. Well, thank you, Keeks. Oh, sure. Yeah. Her. If Thanks, special if, guest Keeks. Oh, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, special co-host Keeks. Um, yeah, if anybody has, like I said, if, if you're, you have curiosities, even if they're not directly Star Wars related, I'll do my best to bullshit them into Star Wars related questions. Um, and we can it. talk about them on the wrap up. So, but yeah. Yeah, cool. so send Chris, them our way. Yeah. Chris, do you want to take us out? I sure do. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Book Wars Pod. Next week, we are continuing on with Canto Bite. We're reading Hear Nothing, See Nothing, Say Nothing by Ray Carson. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, while you read along with us, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at Book Wars Pod, bookwarspod at gmail.com to email us. And please do rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. Uh, it's the best way for people to discover the show and for us to grow our audience. And when you leave reviews, uh, not just rating, but actual reviews, you are entered to win all sorts of cool prizes. Uh, also, if you have the means and are so inclined, donate to the Tashi Station Radio Patreon or give to us uh, on coffee, coffee ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. Uh, those two things really do help us cover our hosting and production costs and help us uh, earn some money toward creating some swag for Star Wars Celebration next April. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Pottington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joe Butera Design. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Book Wars pod. For Kate and Kristen, I'm Chris, and we will talk to you again next week. Quick, somebody say something funny. I don't think we have an uh, end tag.